I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players, and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. Who doesn't have any time to worry about that, even though there are injuries occurring at practice now, which we're going to get into with our good friend Bill Metz from uh, Broad Street Hockey and also BSH Radio, uh, the best Flyers podcast uh, that is out there. We welcome it into the Late Show. What's up, Bill? How are you, man? Thanks for hanging out. How you doing, John? Well, um, you got to tell me, how mad <laughs> am I going to be at my twin brother, Radko Gudis? Because uh, I don't explain what happened uh, on that the ice collision- tonight. Yeah, that collision, I guess everyone saw the video that uh, Jamie Apodi tweeted out from, uh, I guess, 6ABC. Um, It looks really bad, especially if you just see it once. It kind of looks like, hey, Radko, why are you hip-checking the number one center? (laughs) Uh, How it was explained to me, in warm-ups they do a lot of, uh, and when they're only on half the ice in warm-ups, they do this basically break in break out drill where you know five guys are playing and they're against each other and then they're with each other on the breakout and then uh full ice they do the same thing but have it going on both ends so if you've ever seen them in warm-ups they're doing basically that but they have it going at both ends of the ice and you need a little more than the than the room you have at the halfway point so you've got guys kind of intersecting at some points Radko Gudis is looking for a pass from his partner. Uh, probably drifts a little wide. He's probably supposed to keep it a little closer to the middle. Uh, and Couturier, he's looking to do his end of the drill, totally different rep. <laughs> and they just kind of collide. It looks terrible, but it was just, I guess, an un- unavoidable travesty. Yeah, because at first I'm going like, oh, my God, like Gudis is not even paying attention. He's just trying to do the pass. And then you see the, the drill and how it goes out. It's just like, yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody was paying attention to the other guy, and it just unfortunately just happens that way. But Couturier's reaction to it is, I mean, he's down for a second and then literally throws his stick against the boards, and then he's getting taken off the ice. And, of course, in true hockey and Hextall form, and granted I know it's the playoffs and they got another night before they do, there's no update on the injury. There's no, like, hey, it's this or it's that. Like, any any word on how long or how bad this really this really is? Uh, we've got nothing. I talked to Charlie O'Connor from The Athletic uh, a couple of hours ago. He's got nothing. They said no update until uh, until Wednesday, so we're just all kind of waiting here. That was uh, watching Couturier's reaction. It's hopefully he was just furious at Radko um, or just upset with the situation and not immediately knowing, oh, man, I'm hurt. He He had a knee injury last year, injured his meniscus, so I guess he would – kind of have uh, have an idea of what that is like. And if he's to miss any time, this series is going to get a lot worse than it's already been. Well, yeah, and it certainly has been that. There was some hope in, uh, in game two uh, where, you know, the Flyers bounce out of that thing and become a, a, a 5-1 victors, even though they got outshot. And for a lot of the time, they got outplayed. And the goalposts were, uh, were certainly a factor in Brian Elliott's save percentage that night. But uh, they looked miserable on Sunday, is there really anything that this Flyers team can do to turn this thing around? I mean, now I, I believe Patrick Nolan would be your center number one if Sean Couturier is missing time. I don't know if that creates any difference. 
what do you expect from this Flyers team uh, going into, I guess I could say, uh, you know, tonight at 7 o'clock? Yeah, that one thing we talked about was, I mean, you moved Giroud to wing and it was effective, but now without Couturier, you almost have to move Giroud back to center because you're looking at, Nolan Patrick, Val Philpola, and Scott Lawton down the middle otherwise, and then Yuri Laterra as well. Uh, you're not beating anyone like that, let alone the Penguins. At least Giroux gives you a chance to field some sort of, uh, some sort of equal top six. What they need to do is what they've needed to do for the first three games and really haven't. Uh, I thought the first period of game three was the best period they played all series, but when you're looking at what they had to do coming in just to have a chance, best players had to be your best players. Well, Voracek and Giroud combined for zero goals. Mm-hmm. You had to stay out of the box. Well, they've been on the penalty kill for 26 and a half minutes, which is the second most in the, in the playoffs of any team. So they've done none of the things they've needed to do thus far, uh, but it's two to one. And, this team's biggest detriment is sometimes its greatest asset. They take on the coaches. They take on the coaches' personality. Never too high, never too low. You, you see game one and think, you know, they just weren't ready to play. That's coaching. But then game two, they put a seven nothing loss behind them and come out and do uh, do what they have to do. So. I guess they just have to put uh, another bad loss behind them and say, hey, it's 2-1. It's two, if we make it 2-2, two, two, it's a best of three. We're chatting with uh, Bill Metz from BroadStreetHockey.com, also BSH Radio, uh, the, the finest Flyers, Flyers podcast that you can go and find. So uh, I guess even saying that, Bill, what is the, the outcome for you in the next couple of games of this series? I mean, are, do you have faith that they will forget that 5-1 uh, that to one loss and move on? Uh, I, I'm not seeing any really great hope out of this, no matter how they kind of match up or how many uh, different lineups that they could go through. I think the Pens are just a, a, a better hockey team, and that sounds gross coming out of my mouth. Yeah, no, I mean, the Pens have won eight straight series and, uh, and back-to-back Stanley Cups, and the Flyers made it on the last day of the season, and you know they're matched up with the penguins because two other teams wanted to avoid them there's the title of our uh, of our episode last night was this is why we didn't want the pens <laughs> it's they are really this good uh right now yeah it's frustrating to watch them and it sucks just to see Sidney Crosby, you know, be Sidney Crosby against the Flyers. It's, it 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 rips out the heart of every Flyers fan but grand scheme of things uh, this was already a successful season. I thought the biggest uh, the biggest goal coming into this year was to get Ivan Provorov some playoff experience, was to get that experience for Travis Konechny, Travis Sanheim, Nolan Patrick, all the guys who haven't been there before because they're going to need it. You're seeing with the Sixers right now, yeah, they're better than the Heat, but playoff experience might come might come into play in, uh, in that series. It already has. You're going to need it down the line when you really are ready to contend. So what is the outlook in the long term for the Flyers here? I mean, I know it's got to be frustrating, and certainly I've uh, compared both processes of, you know, what Hextall is doing, what the combination of, of Henke and Colangelo have now done. Is there a turn coming in here? I mean, are we going to continue to see Brandon Manning? Are we going to continue to see <laughs> McDonald out on the ice? When is that corner 
coming for, in your opinion? God, Bill? I hope it's soon. Yeah, I expect <laughs> that turn. I expect them to begin to turn the corner this summer, this off season. Uh, they have a couple of holes they can fill. They can go out and get John Tavares from the Islanders as a free agent, and boom, right there, they're they're Stanley Cup contender. Uh, if the goaltending is just average next year, uh, but if they just find another center, if they bring in a veteran defenseman to help out uh, some of these young guys, and the young guys just continue to develop as they have very well so far. Uh, I think they begin to turn the corner next season, and then two years from now we'll see Carter Hart up here, and uh, that's when it'll be, when the goalie prospect is ready to go. It's amazing that we're talking about a playoff team and we're just kind of like, yep, well, next season looks really good. Yeah, I I know. (laughs) I've been trying. When people hit me up on Twitter and when we get questions for the podcast, I try to, like, tell people, hey, man, I'm not ready to talk about the draft yet. You know, like, we are in a playoff series or we were in a playoff race. Uh, I want to focus on that. But when you're watching the series play out, like you said, even uh, even in game two that they won, you know, Crosby gets stopped on a breakaway. He doesn't put home a slam dunk, and Malkin hits a crossbar. That's the difference in the game. Yo, for sure. So hopefully we're both wrong, and this yeah. continues on, and it gets for an exciting game seven. And, uh, you know, the Pens, how someone choked this one away, but uh, not looking great. But we enjoy the time as uh, as you're joining us here, though, regardless. So thanks again, man. We'll check in with you real soon. Oh, thanks a lot, John. Uh, Bill Metz from Broad Street Hockey and, of course, uh, BSH Radio. And that- Hello. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.